0: Hello, wherever you are in the world today. Welcome to Beyond the Art and our series, The Stories That Carry Us. I'm your host, Craig Beaumont Flynn, a citizen of the Cherokee Nation and the Delaware Tribe of Indians. In each episode, we will discuss with various Native American artists, influencers, art leaders, and everyone in between their experiences, the communities they serve, and the translation and interpretation of the Native American art world today. Well welcome to Beyond the Art. Today we have Lauren Aragon, uh, a member of the Acoma Pueblo tribe of Indians. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Thanks, great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Well, you're a fashion designer. You do some marvelous work and you're very talented, obviously. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your story?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh the my It's my uh Traditional salutation in Karis for telling you my given name, which is Evergreen Clan, and my tribal identity, which is Acoma Pueblo. I am from the Acoma Pueblo, (laughs) which is one of the 19 pueblos of New Mexico, and we are mostly known for our pottery art, which is usually um, identifiable with its thin walls and fine line designs, which have been big source of my inspiration for what I do in fashion. I've worked as an engineer for the first uh, 13 years of my career as a professional.
0: <laughs> I
1: um, finished a, my engineering degree at ASU and um, always had art in my background growing up. My mother was my first teacher uh, growing up and um, had my grandfather who was always pushing me toward a more promising career in something technological. So, uh, engineering was always the thing that <clears throat> kind of stuck with me. Um, I've, uh, the, the, when I came onto the art scene, I think it was back in 2009. I was, uh, it was my first time coming to the Santa Fe Indian market and saw, always heard about it, always heard. It was a big thing that, that, that went on in the fall and, um, had my first taste of it, and then just was so astounded and amazed at how our native people, our native artists, were introducing a lot of technological advances in their in their work and tying it into traditional art. So that that's really where my inspiration came from to start doing art full time. And um, I, I did art on the side, working as an engineer for a couple of years, <clears throat> and then finally took it on as in. Uh, becoming an illustrator I always did a lot of illustration when I was younger and the pencil was always my weapon of choice for for creating art so I um took to that I was uh, introduced to the markets with the help of of a friend and a cousin who who was already part of the market so um I I was grateful to to have my first taste of of the market back in 20 uh 2010 I believe (laughs) but um I started excelling more and more in art uh, as I was a, as I was continuing to do engineering on the side and I did a lot of uh, illustration at first and eventually got into some jewelry making I had an uncle have an uncle who uh, is a metalsmith and he taught me a lot with uh, just working with silver and turquoise and um, learned from him even at a younger age I remember just watching him hours on end just creating his jewelry pieces so. Uh, inherited that, <clears throat> that skill uh, through him and then uh, some sculpture work uh, and, and carpentry uh, by my grandfather who did a lot of carving, um, uh, wood carving when he was younger. And uh, just a lot of different projects along the way that, that I really wanted my hand in just about anything art. So <laughs> I, I um, never saw myself, though, get into fashion for quite a while. It was um, it was always a thing that my mother and my aunt did. Uh, they did a lot of uh, garment making, doing a lot of our traditional dresses and our uh, native shirts uh, for for tribal uh, ceremonies, dances, that sort of thing. And I always thought at the time it was a, it was a, a girly thing to do, so <laughs> never really got into it. Never really had it had, a, had the attention for it. So uh, it was at a point where my art was starting to get recognized in the in the drawings that I was doing. A lot of people were asking me, you know, that'd be kind of cool to see on a t-shirt. So, Oh, can you think you could put that design on a shirt for me? And uh, at at the time a friend of mine was getting into a printing business. So, uh, we hooked up and that's kind of where the fashion took off. Um, people saw my designs on, on t-shirts or something wearable. And, um, I I wanted to see more. I I really wanted to see more of my Pueblo culture being represented in fashion. I, um, I had always seen my mother and my aunt purchase fabrics from different stores, just, you know, that didn't have a real meaning to them. They're just a bunch of, a hodgepodge of different cultures all kind of embedded into this one print. And then I really wanted something that was more authentic, something that really said that this was Acoma Pueblo design work and did my research and did all that and finally come 20 uh, 2012 as part of a fellowship was able to produce my first um fabrics to use in, in whatever I wanted to make and I started of course with the basics working with my mom and aunt to create some uh, traditional dresses and I think from there is where it really kind of blew up with the fashion part of what I do now um I quickly saw that I hated using commercial patterns to create designs. <laughs> <Right>. create designs.
0: <laughs> so from an engineer to illustrator, to jewelry maker, to fashion, are you taking a lot of the indicative uh, elements from the Acoma tr- Pueblo tribe and then printing it into your fashion?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The A huge part of the the foundation for the fashion part of it came from our whole, uh, I kind <clears> of, <throat> I kind of took a took a back to look at look back at my pueblo too, and look back at our culture and what really was, uh, what really prompted me and pushed me toward doing what I do with the fashion was our whole matrilineal or matriarchal culture uh, really wanted to represent women for their strength and empowerment that they already brought to it brought it to our culture and wanting to resonate that out to the people that wanted to know about who we are, where we come from. So that was always the kind of the basis for everything that I did. Um, On top of that, wanting to inspire our, our future generations of artists about what we can do with our traditional arts and how it can be presented in other mediums and not just in pottery. Uh, I wanted to do pottery. Um, I understood what kind of work it was, how much work it is. And at the time being an engineer, I just uh, didn't have the time to go through all the labors to to get pottery going. So I found other mediums to work with. And um, like I said, I just wanted to be... What also stuck with me, I guess, is my grandfather always pushed our family to hold on to traditions. And I saw our garment making as being a family tradition. And I really wanted that to continue on in in becoming something greater uh, than, than what we had before. So definitely wanted to um, push the creativity there and um, women's fashion is, is what I had gone into uh, with with my first garments. And um, in the, in that time that I was transitioning between engineering and, and, art uh we created a co co-found, I co-founded a company uh Aconav which is Acoma Navajo myself being Akima, my uh partner at the time being um Navajo and we were we collaborated on doing greeting cards <clears throat> and we did that for a while but then after a couple uh, couple of years it, it really progressed more and more into the fashion and that name pretty much stuck to become the, the fashion brand Aconav, that you see now which is a uh, uh cultural designs embodied in timeless elegance and the idea to evoke empowerment. And the designs that were all created from there really, again, resonated the pottery art culture that we are known for, but also had a story behind it to tell about our women empowerment and how much uh, respect is paid there. Um, So uh, with that just came a bunch of other ideas and uh, the recognition. I was part of the, Phoenix Fashion Week community for a couple years and went through their their boot camp which is really a, an educational program of, of four years crushed into three short months <laughs> in the summer to really launch yeah really launch a brand and and, and see it come to life so I was fortunate for that uh, opportunity to do that and I actually came out on top in 2000 uh, to the twenties. 20- 2017 as uh, the 2018 designer of the year, the tour designer of the year for the Phoenix fashion week.
0: So given your, your, your experience of how you started and kind of transformed yourself into one element to another of a creative aspect, what is some of the trials and tribulations that you've had to overcome getting into native American fashion and incorporating elements that is understood both on various Native American um, citizens, but also to the non-Native citizen.
1: Right. I, I quickly learned being part of well even yeah before Phoenix Fashion Week, I always I observed the actual runway, and was a little set back in seeing that there was hardly there was absolutely no Native American representation on a runway that was based in the Southwest, and that just. You know, it struck me odd. And I really, that really is what prompted me to really get into fashion and do it right and wanting to be part of that runway show. Um, there were a lot of challenges in the way. One was, how do I get out of engineering <laughs> to do this full time? Leaving a promising career um, was one of the first big steps for me to take. Um, back in 2016 is when I did it. I actually, uh, moved away from engineering to pursue fashion full-time and uh, had the support of, of family and friends and uh, was grateful for all that to help me launch um, my, my brand, Aconav. And um, there, the, the, I guess I think one of the biggest challenges with, with fashion was representing it properly with everything that has been going on, has always been going on in, in fashion as far as non-native um, designers misrepresenting our cultures, misusing our icon, iconic uh, headdresses and things of that. You know, instead of over-sexualizing it, uh, just really putting it in a way that you know is 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 not properly represented uh, representative of Native American culture. So that 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 was one of the biggest challenges, really, to step up to that and really show people that we have our own uh we have every right to represent ourselves on the very same runways as larger designers and we needed to take that back to tell our own stories and share our cultures the way we intend to um and and just i was surprised at how uneducated a lot of people were about the native culture living in the southwest which greatest uh native american presence here um, it's, it's, it was really uh, a setback for me to, you know, I thought I could just come on the team you and know, throw out design and people would be like, oh, wow, like that's ACMA, that's, you know, that's Native American. No, a lot of people really needed an education <laughs> in in knowing what exactly they were looking at. Uh, they knew it was tribal, they knew it was cultural in some to some degree, but um the details is what really struck them and, and it, it caught a lot of attention it, it continues to catch a lot of attention and it's so great to see so many other designers from different uh nations representing their cultures and, and you know telling their story the way we the way i hope that we we all could be doing <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it's a continuous uh learning process i think for both aspects on the native side and the non-native side understanding the various cultures, you know, there's 500, 590, 580 something plus, uh, visually recognized tribes in the U S and a lot of people just don't understand that. It's like, wow, I thought you were one people. Well, right. <laughs> not really. Uh, but
1: a lot of people always see just the one thing, right. And it's, they think we're all, all about feathers and fringe. <laughs> Whereas, you know, I Pueblo culture. It, it's a lot different from the plains culture and uh, other, other tribes. So um, that's the other thing, you know, opening the eyes up to the people and to realize that we're not all the same. You know, we, we have a different uh, origin. We have a different way. We, we, we look at things and, and celebrate life. So um, it was, uh, is and can, continues to be a, a fun part of the whole journey is educating people and letting people know about who we really are.
0: Now, in your designs for your fashion, are you just pertaining and sticking to uh, the Akima Pueblo tribe, or are you actually incorporating other elements from other tribes into your fashion, be it graphics icons and such?
1: yeah I just uh, I've always wanted to be respectful of how I represent uh, designs I, I really don't dabble into anybody else's type of work or designs um, I'm really trying to Establish a name for 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 kind of put Akima on the on the map with what I do. So um, really, I I stay away from using anybody else's design work, even styles like the ribbon skirt, which aren't pueblo. Um, and and I you know really want to. Rep- I think I have too many so many ideas already in in my head that that I want to represent in, in a way that just you know speaks to couture and, and kind of gets all that, um, high end kind of work into a piece. So,
0: <laughs> so for your first, uh, fashion catwalk, what were your nerves like?
1: <laughs> oh man, it, it was, uh, it was definitely nerve wracking. Um, the, the first show I did, like the full runway show was in, um, in Tucson for what used to be the, the, the um, museum of in indian art um fa- uh, art market <laughs> down in tucson and um i started out using models all from from home all from acoma or in the surrounding area and um we used to all travel together and um bring a whole representation of us to different places and that was the first time i remember doing it and actually. There was one before that, which was in Phoenix, and that was down to the wire. Now <laughs> everything going crazy, working late night, very no sleep, and um, so it was. It was nerve wracking. It was really kind of. Um, I think my biggest fear was just how it was going to be received, uh, presenting this to a native crowd, um, who who who's already, already kind of. Um, critique they critique a lot (laughs) we critique a lot about you know our our art and i was it was just interesting to see the reactions and um so i i I was definitely nervous i remember i had to give kind of a a speech about what my work was about and the the nerves were all there and i think all that motion emotion of um finally being there finally being able to showcase a a full collection was uh, was overwhelming and you know it was just something to be really proud of because we put a lot of work into that between my mother, myself and the my team um, and, and all the models that put on a, a fabulous job they they, um, they really brought my designs to life and I think that's what was the, um, the emotional part for me was just actually finally seeing my work you know represented the way I want it.
0: So what is your uh, design process? what motivates you and inspires you when you come up with a collection?
1: I I'm 100% locked into the culture. There, there's also so many parts of a story that I've heard, or, or just lessons in life. Uh, nature is always a big inspiration to everything that we do already in, in our art. Um, everything is representative of something in, in our pottery art. The lines mean rain can mean rain. Uh, just like the design on my shirt, it, it's it's. Uh, I call it revolve. It's, it's our journey around, uh, and and our growth outward to become who we are. We all start from somewhere and we go through our trials and tribulations. We learn a lot from just living. And so it's a representation of self. Um, it's, it can start with anything. There's a lot of things I'm inspired by, but, um, for the most part, it's, again, it's, it's back to what really represents our matriarchal culture, you know, what, what stands out as being who we are as, as a, um, I guess an empowering people, um, the, um, the, the strength of, of I think that's, that's where it all comes from for me, especially is, is the, the women that I, I've grown up with my mother, my aunt, my grandmothers, um, everyone and sisters that have all contributed to uh, who I've become today. They, they really are my inspiration, my muse in, in the work that I do. And um, they, they're represented in that somehow. So um, my process, you know, it starts from there and it, it just kind of grows with, through sketches and different designs, um, one of my latest creations was represented or uh, uh, inspired by rain. All the elements of rain, and um, really try to utilize our, our our language in what I do too. And, and in that co- in that collection, I called uh, "Pecha," which means "let it rain." So, all these ideas in the rain, the colors um uh, of the sky the clouds that sort of thing where we're all representative in this one collection so uh, we're we're a people of the rain we were always praying for it we're always dancing for um the, the rains to come to bless our lands and um you know continue give, give us the life we need to our land
0: besides designing the actual collection um are you designing the the designs of the textile sure. are you working with textile manufacturers incorporating some of the, uh, uh, indicative tribal, indicative, uh, designs into textiles?
1: Yes. The, the, a lot of the design work I do utilizes printed designs, uh, that I've drawn up digitally and I have printed for me on various fabrics. Um, I, I've worked mostly with printing, uh, printed designs and then, then created collections from that. I've also delved into a couple of, of designs that utilized, um, uh, overlay or, um, applique and, um, really tried to design my own, I guess, textures and, and try to cre- create my own effects, um, to, to tell the story or to showcase and kind of put it all into, a uh, a, a collection um based on whatever the theme is that i choose for that collection
0: how do you come up with a thing
1: um it is <laughs> it's, just, it's just like the rain thing it's just that was was inspiration inspiring to me at the most and you know it's, it's something that i missed uh living away in, in phoenix for a while um I, I always enjoyed the rains at home and just re- re- rethinking of those times you know enjoying the rains coming to our lands and experiencing all the, the colors and the formulations of the clouds, uh, the feel of the, uh, the rains coming to the land, you know, that was all, uh, wanting things like that were, were what I wanted to capture in, in this theme about rain. And, um, there's other, other themes that I have in mind, um, going back to just pottery itself, uh, the shape, the, um, the formulation, the process of it, um, you know, we we work with a lot of fire to create our our our, our utilitarian pots, and um, so it can be that it can be just part of something that that can inspire a whole uh, a whole collection.
0: Now, do you do one collection per year? or Are you doing the seasonal standard, spring, summer, winter?
1: Oh. um i really try to stick to at least just one major couture collection for the year and then followed by a ready to wear collection um some more i want to say affordable uh follow up to the couture designs a lot of the couture work that i do is is priced you know quite high and is 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 a ready to uh, i guess made to order type of design work. So um, I really have to uh, follow up and be um, a little more proactive in, in creating sales for the, <laughs> with something that can, that can move. And um, it, it, it kind of helped, it kind of worked out to be that it, I put a lot of work in, in detail into the couture side of things. And in the print stuff that I started out with is now kind of the ready to wear um, design work that I come out with. and. Um, so that, that's really how it worked out, but honestly have not been able to get into a full, uh, production of, of a collection, uh, since 2020, um, with, with COVID happening at, at the time, uh, the whole operation shifted to, uh, making masks, which is what kept, uh, my brand and, and the whole business kind of moving along for, for about two and a half years. and um. Now I'm I'm kind of uh, uh, at a surplus with a lot of this fabric that I had at the time for the masks, and, and what what came of that was actually bag making. So now we're, I'm getting into handbags, which is a, a great way to continue to push the culture, putting themes even behind those and and talking about educating people with 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 what those ideas mean behind the the, the name or even just the design work that, that goes
0: into them makes perfect sense always uh trying to re 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 and recreate i guess right since fashion fashion's a little fickle and it's probably one of the hardest industries to really get into and get off the ground so congrats on you and staying alive and fed during the probably the worst time for any business owner <laughs> <laughs> totally <laughs> so is there one aspect um from the couture collection to the ready-to-wear collection that you feel takes part of your DNA and really you get to, I guess, no holds bar in your creation? Or are you dictated through uh, cost and uh, demographics and price point, things like that?
1: Yeah, you know, I think... I want to get back into it. I'm I'm feeling the need to really get more creative again. I, um, I, I. We're happy to be able to create every garment that we've created with our own hands. We have our own production line in the studio. We we worked out of the the house. (laughs) My my mother's entire house became a a production line um, during COVID, and uh, every Part of the the kitchen dining area was had a machine in it to do something to make the masks, and um, I, I realized that, that I, I really need production somehow. But I'm I'm a little bit of a control freak. I really need to see the quality of the work that goes into it. So I'm I'm, I'm still hesitant to really kind of take my work to somewhere to manufacture it for me, and that's one of the things that I'm, I'm really trying to work toward now is figuring out a way to get the, the items made. So, um, I, I, I miss being creative with the fashion design. Work and, and I think one of one of the good things that came from COVID was for me to just kind of take a break and look at what I've been doing. Uh, how could I do it right? And, um, I, I, I see where, um, I guess the engineering part of me kicked in, <laughs> re looking at things the way I want them to work, and um, finding all the bottlenecks in the process, and then really kind of refine that, um, refine the process uh, in, in everything. Um, but also understanding that you know, my my skill level is, is is quite out there, and and I, I need to share that with with people who can help and. Um, Uh, help me with with figuring out a way to, to get things made. And um, so there's, there's a lot of things going on right now. And that's kind of one of, one of the directions I'm going is uh, finding a way to get uh, more creative hands to create something that's unique and um, of high
0: quality. So uh, do you do a lot of uh, commission work, one-offs for clients? I
1: have, yeah, and um, there, I've done quite a few designs along the way for different events like pageants, uh, weddings. Um, definitely a lot of one of a kind pieces. I even had uh, two kind of two major projects after becoming Phoenix Fashion Week Designer of the Year. One was with uh, a collaboration with Walt Disney World to create a -a one-of-a-kind piece in an exhibition for uh, the EPCOT Center, um, American Heritage Center down there. Um, An exhibition called Creating Traditions, Change and Innovation in American Indian Art. I was sought out by the Imagineer uh, crew (laughs) who uh, heard about the work I was doing in utilizing pottery as the inspiration behind a traditional art that inspired a more modern um, type of work. And they looked to me to create for them a centerpiece for this whole exhibition. So I created uh, a dress for them and they put it on display along with the pottery that it was inspired by that I chose from Santa Fe uh, Museum of Indian Arts and Culture. And um, that was one of the, the greatest highlights uh, to, to to be sought after by the people that I used to seek after when I was an engineer <laughs> that kind of blew me off you know, didn't want me to be part of their, <laughs> their team, but uh, it, it was so great to see that I had, uh, you know, reached or, or that, that my work was actually recognized uh, by them. And I was one of three, artists in the nation to be represented, um, in, in that whole exhibition uh, along with a lot of other works that had uh, never been seen before. They really wanted to kind of, um, resurrect a lot of artifacts that had just been hidden for, for some time, but still had this modernism to them that that's touched on, uh, uh, that was brought from our traditional art, uh, to a more modern, um, design work so it was great to be part of that and the, the second second design that I did uh, one of a kind that got a lot of attention was for uh, Arizona's only Tony award voter um, she wore one of my pieces on the red carpet to the twenty the Tony in 2019 um, that was another fun one and, and just got a lot of attention got finally seeing some representation on Native American representation on the red carpet a major red carpet so um really happy to for those two major designs and um I uh, always always happy to create something that that's just one of a kind and unique and uh to uh, to see especially the client you know and th- their eyes light up with the creation that I made that's always a the rewarding piece in the end. <laughs>
0: So when you were selected for the disney and and other things, did you feel like your time has arrived that you were you had made it
1: yeah that that was definitely um a, a a push in the right direction and it had me wondering if if there was ever you know anyone really looking at what I was doing and um looking back at those those times exactly like, I, I feel it inspired a lot of other designers to come about and uh put put their best effort into everything they do and um happy happy to be that um source of inspiration for our younger uh, up and coming emerging designers and um hoping that you know we'll all we will all make it to to that point to some degree to where we're represented on on a national international scale
0: so um do you do your own fashion shows or are you just part of the, the, the circuit of other artistic endeavors and markets?
1: I've, uh, I've been through both. I've, I've, I started out in a lot of uh, fashion shows in, here in the Southwest. Um, like I said, my, my biggest one was probably representing on the Phoenix Fashion Week stage. I've done the Santa Fe Indian Market fashion show years ago. Uh, but lately, I think it, it's more about, again, the, the control. Being in control of my own show <laughs> is, is a, and, and showing it the way I want it to be shown. So I'm definitely leaning more toward um, producing my own shows, where I can showcase and really kind of get everybody to, or, or the, get the audience engaged into the actual theme of what's being presented. So um that's, that's something I'm definitely working toward more of in the future.
0: You mentioned you, you had to do mask during the pandemic and then kind of reincorporating uh, some of the leftover fabric into handbags. Is there any part of the fashion industry or fashion, the sector that you want to start uh, creating other things? Shoes, jewelry, get back into jewelry to be part of your collection? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely uh the jewelry part has definitely been be yeah. on my heels i want to get back into that but i really want to create more one-of-a-kind designs um which i enjoyed doing in the, in the beginning And i think a lot of people valued a lot more because it's, it's just that one really really great creation that you make and, and it you know it's, it's always rewarding um one of the things i kept hearing or ha- have keep on hearing from <laughs> From a lot of the the guys is you know I, I need something to match my lady like I want to look as fabulous as you make her look and that's that's something I finally come to grips with is creating a men's line so very very soon here we're gonna we're gonna start doing some men men's pieces and I already have I've started and it's received a really great response so um, I'm happy to see that and um, I'll be bringing some of that to this year's uh, Indian market.
0: Oh, wonderful. Well, Hey, I can, I can walk the runway if you need anybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> For sure. Yeah, we can get you up there.
0: Well, that's great. Uh, like what type of jackets, uh, slacks overall?
1: I'm a, I'm a big fan of the the button down shirt. Um, so I, I, have finally kind of seen what you can do um creative why cr- creativity wise with with menswear it was it was i stayed away from it from a while because i really didn't see that you could do a whole lot with it but um it, it's finally making it it's it's um impact on me i'm finally seeing what can be done and uh with just a few pieces that i've made it, it's it's um again it, it's great to see the response and and that um I have none to show right now, so (laughs) it's a good sign. (laughs) That's
0: great. So will you be uh, showing some of those men's pieces in the markets this fall?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, There's definitely a push for it, and I'm working to try to get um, stuff on, on the rack for these upcoming shows.
0: Wonderful. So where are you represented? Are you represented in any stores, any national chains, or select boutiques? Um, not, nothing major
1: in, in any major uh, shops or anything. I do have some representation in Santa Fe, a couple of the galleries. Uh, one of them, mean the, the Sam'sville Gallery. Um, I have items at the Pueblo Culture Center in Albuquerque, the uh, Jemez-Walatoa uh, Travel Center in, in Jemez, Pueblo, um, the Herd Museum in Phoenix, um, some, some representation out at the Autry Museum in L.A., um, the goal for me right now is just really try to get uh, a storefront and get my my designs represented um, locally. I'm I'm back in New Mexico now. Um, since 2020, moved back to be closer to family, and I have established a um, studio here in Bernalillo, which is where I'm at right now. Um, and this this is where where my greatest clientele is. So made sense to really kind of reestablish here and then move forward with new, new designs, new brands. Um, it's, it's all coming down the pipe and and I'm I'm excited for the next couple years.
0: (laughs) So when you took this professional leap from engineer, uh, now into fashion, what are you most surprised about, you know, yourself and, and that journey that you've come across so far?
1: I'm I'm still amazed at how much of my engineering that I actually put to use as a fashion designer. <laughs> it's not dealing with straight lines and sharp edges anymore. It's dealing with curvatures and organic shapes. So there, there's still a lot of um, problem solving and, and math that still goes into it. So I still geek out at just trying to create a dress, which is, I don't know if that's unheard of, but I, I really do. I, I really... Um, nerd out at at making something and um the bags i think is one thing that's really starting to um be more of an engineering feat for me it's uh understanding how a bag it comes together they're so complex so it's always fun to to uh, reverse engineer or re-engineer a design to to make my own and um it's I I really want to get back into technology. I had started into learning about you know programming and and doing a lot of uh, a lot more technical kind of work. So that that still has yet to play into my design work and I really looking forward to um getting back into that and and making things come to life in a different way, I'll say.
0: So uh, that brings up a good point. Um are you very old school where you do everything by hand, sketches or do you use a uh a computer program to uh, create your designs.
1: I'm back and forth. If it's a sketch that needs to get down right on my head, it's usually my pencil. But if it's it's something like a, a, a collection that I'm making, where every design just kind of coming all at once, uh, I usually go digitally and, and create um, via iPad or or computer. But um, it, it's back and forth. But I think now is is more definitely more digital. <laughs> it's just because it's it's right there. <laughs>
0: Do you create your own patterns? You mentioned that you're very hands on, so I, I'm assuming yeah, you create my, your own patterns. Or does your family yeah. help help during the process?
1: Yeah, you know, family helps. I have uh, assistance now from friends and and, and just people that want to you know see the success of of, a, of the brand and <laughs> the brands. Um, but yeah, the process is totally made on the on mannequins, like the ones you see behind me. Uh, creating a, a piece uh, the tape you see is is all the shape of the garment that i want and so i, I create my patterns from that do the draping make a prototype um, cut, take the prototype apart create the patterns and then cut the, the real fabric and do whatever i need to to manipulate or create the textures i want or add the prints that i need um, so it, it's it's definitely like i said it, earlier on i said I tried commercial patterns for the first time and I immediately said, no, that's not for me. I I do not (laughs) want to work with commercial patterns at all. It's just so hard to understand what somebody had already done. And the directions are always so vague and you never understand a little part of it. And that always frustrated me. So I definitely went to YouTube university and, and, and the like to learn how to do uh, the process of, of, of dressmaking and my mother and my aunt had, had always been, um, the, the, my go-to for, you know, how would, how do you think I would do this? Or, um, it was a lot of trial and error and a lot of failures that I, that I don't mention, but there, there are definitely uh, a lot of challenges along the way to get to where I am now, or, you know, I can, I can understand how something good can, is supposed to go together and you know, be 10 steps ahead. And as far as this is the stitch I need, this is the finish that I want. And um, this is how something's going to look at the very end.
0: Do you think you take risk in your design?
1: Oh yeah. And, and I, the, the engineering side of me tries to eliminate, eliminate that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Try to overcome, you know, trying to find the path of least resistance, but. A lot of times, it's just you just have to do it and see if it, if it fails, it fails. You, you learn and you you get back into it and try a different way. There's 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 no wrong way to do anything, and and I'm um, I'm I'm so grateful that I've learned so many different ways to put a garment together that now again it's just you know it, it kind of comes second you know second nature to just figure out what what the path's going to be uh, to get to the end you know,
0: with ease. So what's next on the horizon for you in, uh, in this process and journey?
1: Um, the whole menswear launch, I, I really looking forward to that. I'm excited for it. I, I, it's, it's, <laughs> I, really, I really put that on the back burner for too long and I really want to showcase the, the designs that, that I have in my mind and my sketchbook. um, and, and even with just the ones that I've done before, like I said, it was a great response. So there'll be a, a new brand launch and there'll be a whole collection with menswear. And with that, even getting into, starting with the button down shirts, getting into um, pants and the whole head-toe look is really what I want to get into. Um, there's The journey has also allowed me to Figure out where I can get these, get to these places, get to these sources for making things like that. Um, While well, I'm partnering with good friends and, and um, other artists to create designs, um, collaborating that sort of thing, it, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to all of that because there's a lot of potential in, and in, in still a lot of potential in fashion, and, and I think we're we're barely scratching the surface with everything that I've seen.
0: Absolutely. And I think this last year with everything that's gone on, it's more of a uh, a focus on Native American artists providing all elements, everything from fashion to culinary arts to music. I, it's such a, the ebb and flow. I think we're on the high and I think it's going to continue to rise. Um, I'm hopeful. <laughs> Is there a particular fabric or material that you do not like to work with and one that you do?
1: Yeah, you know, I really, um, I really love working with heavy silks. I think it's just the the, the ease of it, the luxurious feel of it. It's, it's um, I don't know. I I started high end. I think the whole idea behind being in these prestigious art markets they already kind of hold you to a high standard, so. Uh, when I started, I, I immediately went to silks. I went to the high end kind of fabrics. So knowing how they drape and work, uh, I love that. I love that what you can create with it. Um, stretchy fabrics, knits—that's uh, ooh, that's that's tough. <laughs> it's 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 definitely tough, and it's something that I would, I wish I had. Already given to somebody else, but again, the engineering mind's here. Like I got to figure this out. I really want to make this work and be able to understand it, and then pass it on to the next people to <laughs> to let them figure it out or you know ha- handle it for me.
0: <laughs> so, what will you be showing uh, next, Lauren?
1: I have uh, the Santa Fe Indian Market, which is the coming at the, the on the 18th or the 19th and 20th this month. Um, the 101st. Uh, Santa Fe Indian Market, which I've been a part of for, I want to say 12 years now, since my start in in art. Um, I will also be part of the Native Guitars Tour, which is uh, an event that's in collaboration with Meow Wolf in Santa Fe. Um, I've been part of the Native Guitars Tour for a couple years now. They've added a fashion element to. Uh, guitar showcase. It's, it's definitely a lot of different musical ta- native musical talents that uh, takes take the stage and um in that in the process of the performance there's also a, a fashion show to the side on the stage um just kind of introducing different designers and their work um and it's been fun because I, I'm a I'm a rocker at heart. I I love music, rock music, and so my my collections or the pieces that I show for those are all kind of music inspired or you know rock and roll inspired that sort of thing. So it's it's definitely a, a little bit of a a break from the couture. Well, the couture is still kind of there, but <laughs> it's, it's definitely a different way to get creative.
0: Absolutely, kind of a. Test your creative skills, I guess, interpretation wise. Well, Lauren, it's been a pleasure to have you on your show. Did you want to add anything before we wrap up?
1: No, I, I just, you know, hope people can follow me on social media, um, and I'll be again introducing a lot of my new, my new brands that are coming to life soon. Um, AcoNav is, is you know, where you'll find me the most for now, but again, you'll you'll see um, other. Other things coming down the pipeline. So um, I'll be making announcements soon. But um, Santa New Market, uh Lynn LINW uh 781 will be my booth this year. And um I'll be making several trips out to Oklahoma in the fall for several different markets, the Cherokee Art Market being one of them. So um hope to catch some of you there.